Welcome to Almost Obsolete, where we'll talk about the challenges of raising teens and tweens. My name is Susie John, and I'm so glad that you're here. Hello, my friends. I hope you're doing well today. So today's topic has to do with something that I think all of us have probably experienced. And that's what I am calling explosive emotions. <laughs> I cannot tell you how many mornings that we've had where there was a complete and total clothing drama inspired meltdown. The shirt that just had to be worn that day was still in the wash. And that's it. The world was coming to an end. Doors were slammed. Tears were not just shed, but literally poured out of the child's eye sockets. And I sat there shell-shocked, wondering what the heck just happened. We've discussed this before, but often the teen or tween in question is just as shocked at the powerful emotions coursing through their bodies. They often can't tell you why they're drowning in this crazy emotion that's overtaken them. So I'm going to try and explain a little bit um, having to do with the brain. The main part of the brain that's responsible for processing emotions is the limbic system, specifically the amygdala. And the place where kids or people um, weigh their actions, they judge situations, where they make decisions, all of that happens in the frontal lobes. And the frontal lobes are the last part of the brain to develop in your teen and tween. It usually doesn't end up being fully developed until well into the 20s. This means that teens rely on their amygdala to help make decisions and problem solve. <laughs> so the place that's responsible for processing their emotions is also the place they're using to make decisions. It doesn't take a neurologist to recognize that that might be problematic. And then you add into that that the sex hormones, the ones that teens are processing for the very first time, are also very active in the limbic system. So it's no wonder that our teens and tweens are struggling to maintain control of their emotions. But knowing why they're an emotional basket case and knowing how to handle it are two very different things. When we are stunned by an emotional outburst, we can react in a couple of different ways. Uh, some people lash back out, so somebody reacts to them uh, with violent emotion and they react right back and just get in their face. Or some people are hurt by that and they withdraw and they like, you know, slink back to their own cave or whatever. It's hard to know exactly what to do when you're reacting to an emotional outburst. I'm pretty sure most of you would say we cannot tolerate that kind of behavior. So Obviously, some sort of response is necessary, right? But what? And of course, containing our own emotional response is going to be the first step. So this past week, we had a meltdown in our home over a pair of shoes. 
The child in question asked for her shoes to be washed because she had gotten them muddy. And so we, they were thrown in the washer to try and get the mud out of them. But we didn't want to throw them in the dryer to try and help prolong the life of the shoes. They were pretty new and we didn't want to ruin them, right? So when the child went to wear them, they were still damp inside because we had had kind of a, a wet week or a um, humid week. So things weren't drying as quickly as they normally do. And my daughter became so upset by this fact. So um, I'm going to use this example to kind of walk through some steps to helping your child calm down when you're in the midst of an emotional tsunami. <laughs> the first thing that needs to be done is to try and identify what emotion is at the root of what they're saying and doing. This means that we have to really listen to what they're saying, trying to put ourselves in the kid's place and how we might feel if something similar happened to us. It's important to give yourself grace as you practice this skill because it's not always easy to figure out what emotion is driving your child's behavior. So if I go back to our little shoe situation, I realized that she was very frustrated by the fact that her shoes were still wet inside. She wanted to wear them and they were making her socks feel squishy, which is not a fun feeling. So I identified her emotion as frustration. Then the next thing to do is to name the emotion and connect it to the event with the child, right? So I said to her, it seems like you're a little frustrated with the whole wet shoe situation. The reason that you want to do this is it helps your child understand what they're feeling and why they're feeling it. And it also shows them that you understand how they feel and that their emotion is understandable and completely okay, even if their behavior might not be. Sometimes it can be really difficult for your child to figure out what emotion they're feeling, particularly if they're extremely agitated, which is why it's better to label it for them rather than to ask them, so what are you feeling right now? Is they might not be able to tell you. So after you've identified it, and you've said those words to them, pause, say nothing else, because this gives your child a chance to respond to what you said. And in some cases, that might be all they need. They might start to calm down at this point, and it might give them some time to think about what they're feeling and why they're feeling the way they do. They might need to talk it through a little more, or they might need more time. It kind of depends on the situation and how revved up your child was when you started this process. It's important to remember while you're going through all of this to try and support your teen well, or tween. Usually this actually happens more with tweens, but when they calm down, you're supporting them, right? So I was at a place where our shoe situation became pretty calm at this point. It wasn't overly dramatic, um, so it was easier for her to, to, to take a breath and realize, yes, I'm frustrated by my shoes. But we've had others that where, where it did not resolve as quickly. And so if your child is still upset and still seems to be raging at the world, there are a few things that you can do in this situation. First, make sure that everybody who's in the vicinity is safe, including the teen. Um, so I know that there are teens out there who can get 
pretty violent when they're upset, throwing things, hit, wanting to hit people, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's, of course, safety is number one. Make sure everybody is safe. Uh, in relation to that, you might have to get someone else involved. For example, your partner um, or, uh, you know, I, I don't, another friend or whoever, somebody else who might be in, in the house at that moment. So it's, you might have to draw someone else on. Also, as usual, stay calm yourself. Um, and that's going to be the hardest thing is reigning in your own emotions when your child's emotions are upset. Because as humans, we naturally tend to want to mimic the emotions of the people around us. When you can feel your own anxiety rise as someone is railing at the world around you because you're not sure what to do and you're not sure how to respond, right? But yelling and getting upset for yourself will only exacerbate the problem. If possible, stay close to your child so that they know that you're there for them and that you're capable of handling whatever emotion that they're having. You're also in that moment modeling that their emotions don't have to be overwhelming, that, that you can take a breath and calm down. Um, and then just wait for the strong emotion to pass because it will. I promise it will. It might take a while, but it will eventually pass. Some kids may want or need some space. Um, so they might be, you know, they might go into the room and slam the door. Um, but just let them know that you're close by, maybe like by sitting outside their bedroom door and just, you know, knocking and letting them know, hey, I'm right here if you need me. Some kids may leave the house and your reaction to that might be dependent on the age and the maturity of your child. Obviously, some kids, if they say if they're a little older, will be fine if they take a walk and cool down, right? Some, you may not be comfortable with that or they may be so upset that you're worried about them, in which case you might need to just follow them to ensure their safety. If their emotion is taking a really long time to pass, then try and go back to the very first step and restate their emotion. So maybe reevaluate. Was the emotion that you said the first time correct? If so, reiterate that. You know, I can see that you're really upset about this or really angry about this. And then once they finally calm down, you can address the behavior or help them problem solve. So in our case with the wet shoes, I asked the child what she wanted to do. And I offered a few alternatives for her. You know, I, I basically said, well, you have a couple of options here, kiddo. You can wear the shoes and <laughs> deal with the squishy toes, or you can wear a different pair of shoes and, you know, change out your socks right now and, and put on a different pair of shoes and just wait for those to dry. She ended up wearing the wet shoes to school. Not the most comfortable choice, but that's what she chose. And I, I let her do it. Um, sometimes when you're dealing with it, it's good to ask if they want help with problem solving, helping them identify the problem and talking through possible options. Sometimes the child is so upset that they, they can't or won't, um, be able to, to do that. And, uh, sometimes your child is upset about something that can't or won't change like a family rule. Right. And it's important to acknowledge their feelings, but avoid getting into a debate about it. Uh, an example might be, you know, you have a rule about them not going to a party 
where there's no parents present. And you could just say, I'm, I can see that you're really upset by this. I'm so sorry that you're feeling left out and upset by the fact that you can't go to this party that everyone else seems to be able to go to. But this is our family rule. There has to be a parent present for you to be able to participate. And just be, again, very calm about how you're responding to that. If when you're dealing with this, your child is either... Um, is behaving either physically or verbally in a way that could hurt themselves or others, of course you have to tell them that their behavior is unacceptable. For example, if they're screaming at you, it's all right for you to say, it's, a, it's not okay for you to yell at me like that. Or let's say they threw something. You could say, you broke the bowl when you threw it down in your anger and you will have to pay for the replacement. Again, you'll notice in the way that I was saying those those things, I was calm, but firm. And that is exactly how you have to be when dealing with a child in that situation. But then don't forget to give comfort and reassurance if your teen or tween needs it. Offer a hug if they're willing to hug you or validation for their feelings. Um, I would like to take a minute to point out that teens or tweens with special needs, uh, such as like autism or ADHD, may need some extra support for their strong feelings or impulse control. In that case, I would suggest talking to your child's therapist or another professional for ideas and strategies on how to help them. Some of these may work, but uh, you're dealing with a much more challenging situation there. So it's good to get a professional involved in that situation. All right, so we've talked about how to handle these explosive emotions in the moment. Um, but there are strategies that you can teach your teen or tween to help them handle their emotions before they get out of control. So the first one is to help them understand how to ride the wave, so to speak. Often people, including teens and tweens, want to just push their feelings down and ignore them when they're feeling overwhelmed by them. Riding the wave means paying attention to the cues that their body is giving them. A book I read recently, and I think I mentioned it in another podcast, is called The Mindful Teen. And it walks through uh, what riding the wave means. And it uses an acronym, uh, SOBER, S-O-B-E-R, to help them self-regulate. And I found it that it was a really useful tool. So the S in sober stands for stop. Stop and recognize that you're experiencing a difficult emotion. That this is what the teen is doing, by the way. I don't know if I made that clear. So stop and recognize that, what the, that you're you are engaged in a difficult emotion. O is for observe. Observe what's happening in they need to observe what's happening in their mind and in their body. Are their thoughts racing? Are they breathing quickly? Do they have a knot in their stomach? And then it sounds silly, but call the emotion by name. So do something like, hello, sadness. I see you and I'm going to take care of you. I, I, I realize that that sounds ridiculous. And in fact, if I told that to my teen or tween, they would probably look at me like I'm crazy. But having tried it myself, it actually like flips the switch inside your body and helps you recognize that that emotion is separate from you. 
Uh, next is B, and that's breathe. So often when in the midst of a difficult emotion, breathing gets erratic and fast. And so it's important that your teen or tween learns how to slow their breathing down. Feel the breath as it enters the body and then leaves the body. It's, um, I, I like to use the 4-4-4 method. So you breathe in for four, you hold for four, and you breathe out for four. And then E is expand your awareness. What sensations are present in your body now? Now that you've slowed down your breathing, what sensations are you feeling? What emotions are present right now in their body? And what thoughts are present right now in their body and their mind? And then the R is to respond mindfully. So this might mean for them that they'll just now carry on with their day or it might mean they need to take more time to just breathe and be and get calm and centered. So this whole process brings me to a second uh, way of handling things and that's meditation and mindfulness. The sober practice is a mindfulness practice. The 444 is a mindfulness practice. And meditation has many proven benefits from increased empathy to decreased ADHD symptoms to improved concentration and, and attention um, to calming your amygdala or their amygdala down and calming what I refer to often as chaotic mind down. Their mind, when your mind or their mind is racing with all these crazy thoughts Doing the 444 practice can help to calm those thoughts. Uh, your extra thing for this week, I've been doing things, is not actually a worksheet, but um, it's a mindfulness meditation that I've created for your teen or tween to use when they need to just take a moment. So feel free to check out the website for that practice. Um, another strategy is physical exercise. Exercise is a great way to let off steam and get focus on something other than their thoughts that are going crazy. So, uh, and that can be a variety of things. It can be taking a walk. It can be doing, playing a, a sport. It can be swinging on the swing. I have several of my kids who just love to go out and swing on our swing, swing set. It's funny, when we moved into the house that we're living in now, um, it was not that long ago, and it came with this swing set, and I wondered if we should keep it, um, because my kids are older, right? And I thought, what are they going to do with a swing set? They're not, you know, they're not like three and four and five, right? But, but I'm so glad that we chose to keep it, because it has helped our kids so much calm their minds and lift their moods where, when they're struggling. They go out there, they're listening to their music and they just swing and it just really helps them. And I, and I love that. So that's, that's another strategy is, is physical exercise or movement. The fourth strategy is improving sleep. Our bodies restore themselves during sleep. And so those that don't get enough sleep often feel more depressed and have an increased likelihood to abuse alcohol or drugs. And in reality, most of our teens don't get enough sleep. In fact, one sleep 
uh, study showed that less than 9% of teens get adequate amount of sleeps. Less than 9%. That's pretty crazy. I'm not going to talk about that uh, much more because I want to do another podcast in the future about teens and sleep. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, The fifth strategy to helping your child be able to manage their emotions is engaging regularly in creativity. One of mine really enjoys art and it's super beneficial to hear um, her work through her issues as she's doing her artwork. It's so helpful to pour your unpleasant emotions into something creative. I've actually done it too, and it's, it's really beneficial. Um, I have another one who loves to sing, and that gives her a great release as she just belts her favorite songs at the top of her lungs. And in fact, I have several kids who like to sing at the top of their lungs in our house. Um, but creativity could include many different types of things, like playing an instrument, writing songs or poetry, making a collage, painting or drawing, dancing or singing, working with clay, working with wood, Legos, on and on and on. So all of these strategies are things that you can start to incorporate in your teen or tween's daily life, encouraging them to try these practices. So if you have one who would like to do some creativity, supply them with some art supplies so that they can do that. Or if you have one who you think would do really well with physical exercise, ensure that they have the proper gear to to do that. And then maybe when you see that they're struggling emotionally, offer that suggestion to them. And I know that it might not always be received with the most positive attitude from your your teen. Um, But... If you talk to them about it, tell them about these strategies, teach them the sober um, acronym and how that can help them to calm their emotions when they're feeling out of control. It will make life a lot easier for all of you in the home because you'll have less of these explosive emotions because they'll be able to handle them on their own and know how to deal with these feelings that are coursing through them. Okay, my friends, that was a lot. So I'm going to stop there. I thank you so much for joining me today. And I hope you have an amazing rest of your week. Thank you for listening to this episode of Almost Obsolete. If you'd like to reach out to me, I'd love to hear from you. My website is www.suzyjohn.com.